Hello and welcome to Loving Your Garden Live with me, Rod Whiting, and our gardening guru, John Sterland, in association with our new sponsor, <laughs> Fitzgerald Lane Decorators. Hello, John. Hello, everybody. Nice to see you. So this evening, we'll mainly be talking about bedding plants. Yeah. Uh, I'm, gu- I'm guessing most gardeners, John, will have bought their bedding plants well in advance uh, because they do run out of the garden centres and uh, will have potted them on or or stuck them in the greenhouse uh, out of the uh, the way of any late frost, although some yeah. of us couldn't wait and put them out a week or so ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes you can get away with it. I mean, it also depends on what part of the country you're in as well. Even what height you you uh, you know you are up a mountain or whatever. So uh, yeah, uh, bedding's wonderful as far as I'm concerned. I, I really do like bedding. It takes me back to my apprenticeship when. I worked at Boots, and we had wonderful bedding displays in the uh, formal gardens. Really, really was, and that was basically a lot of pelargoniums. And of course, Rod, you can go into a garden centre, and you can buy your bedding as seedlings if you want to grow it yourself, or, or you can actually sow your own, um, which is quite a, a job, particularly if you're growing things like begonias because it's very, very fine seed, so we sow it on the surface. You've got to really have the right facilities. But if you can do it, it's wonderful. It really is. And bedding, well, what is bedding? Bedding's anything for annuals, very often biennials, and bulbs. If we put corms and things like that under bulbs, you know, your begonias are bulbs. So, yes, they're they're bedding as well. Bedding plants can be anything from house plants to herbs. I remember one beautiful red geraniums, like I've got only red, and then dotted in between were St. Paulias. You know, the uh, mother in law's tongs, they were used as dot plants throughout. And then it, uh, the surround was spider plants. Spider plants make fantastic bedding so if you have got one hanging up in the kitchen or somewhere save those little babies that you get pot them up and you can use them as for formal bedding as well and in the herb garden one of the finest bedding plants is parsley so there's loads of things that you can use as bedding as well as the good old Pelagonium. Pelagonium. Yeah. They look so wonderful at this. Well, from now and right the way, as soon as they start to flower, right the way through till um, quite late in autumn now. With, a- with the absolutely. Mild, and and the we know what's going to, uh, this year, there's going to be such a lot of red geraniums, blue lobelia, and white little dorrit. We call it little dorrit. You can't get little dorrit anymore, but Alison basically has got that term name little dorrit you know oh look at the little dorrit there it's like <laughs> using the using the hoover even if you've got a dyson you're still hoovering the carpet <laughs> if yeah. you see what i mean yeah, yeah absolutely yeah we've never <laughs> yeah. lost it have we no amazing no, we how these things, these things carry on well no we've got different beddings as well of course the winter bedding spring bedding yeah you know etc the universal pansies are fantastic for winter particularly if you get them in a container because they just lifted off the ground and that can make so much difference, you know, in a container. They can look fantastic. Spring bedding, I've got the classics, wallflowers outside. They are stunning this year. Um, and a lot of people put tulips in with them, you know, uh, as well. And um, and then, of course, the summer bedding. 
and the different sorts of summer bedding. I mean, the, the, the humble pelagonium that you, you, I say the humble, the majestic pelagoniums uh, that, yeah. that you've got one of there. Um, I, I sent off to Firebrex Nurseries because they do, they specialise yeah, they... in pelagonium. And <laughs> yeah. uh, I got a few fancy ones and I can't wait to see those. Oh, you've come got out. a fancy leaved one. I've got Happy Thoughts. I've got Happy Thoughts Red, Happy Thoughts Pink, um, Frank Headley, which is. Yeah, and absolutely. Frank Headley is one of the finest. It once it starts flowering, it keeps going. It'll try and flower in winter. Sometimes you have to take them off, you know, just to give mm -hmm. it a break. But um, yeah, wonderful, Mrs. Pollock, which is not a nice name, but uh, we've got that one as well. But I remember oh, so many of the old varieties, Maxim Kovalensky. Oh, there were some wonderful ones, and of course, there's a Pelagonium Society. Mm. And of course, they keep a lot of the old varieties going. And if you obviously, if you join, if you're really interested, you can get some of the old varieties off them. Skies of Italy, God, they're all coming back. To me now. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many. Well, I suppose that a lot of people will will use summer bedding for uh, containers, um, and particularly the really creative containers that are starting to be sold off in garden centres now. Yes, I mean, yeah, yeah, and um, and, and they look fantastic as well. If you are planting up as what we call bedding in containers for summer and on the patio, they can look fantastic. I always say, you know what I'm I'm going to say probably, Rod, put a bit of slow-release fertiliser yeah. in there <laughs> because it'll feed them right the way through to October. You don't want to give them too much nitrogen first no, off, do you, because I, they'll just go green and not give you a lot of flour. Absolutely. One of the biggest problems is people use a lot of, I've, I've got to say it, they use feed with a lot of miracle Grow, mm. and it does make the bedding plants grow at the expense sometime of flowering. Flowers, um, yeah. So just if you're planting out in the soil, just a little bit of grow more, something like that, not too much, and then put them in and make sure they're well watered. And um, Bob's your uncle. They'll get going. Annuals want to produce seed. They've got to produce it this year. It's the frost will kill them. So that's their aim. And this is why, of course, we deadhead. Because once they've done that, they're not doing it for us. They're doing it for themselves. Set seed and we're off for another year. Um, speaking of deadheading, I mean, uh, Narcissus has pretty much gone through now, I think most varieties. Um, yeah. We should have deadheaded those by now. And tulips as well? Oh, yeah, yes. I mean, tulips. Yeah. The thing is with tulips, yes, you deadhead. But tulips, as soon, very often after they finish flowering, they start to die back anyway because yep. they're producing the new bulb at the side of the old one. And very often, years ago, they'd take the flowers off before or just as they were coming into flower and, um, and then put them on floats and things like that. And that's how we got the Spalding Bulb Festival because they'd use the flowers to decorate the floats and um, not leave them on the plants because flowering, of course, takes a heck of a lot out of uh, the plant and they wanted bulbs, um, nothing else, yeah. So on the subject of, of tulips, the advice seems to be to to take them out um, and, and put them in a, a big container in the sun somewhere uh, yes. for, for a few weeks until they completely die down and then store them. I mean, is that your... Yes, yeah, I, th I think it's um, 
um, a good thing to do. Don't leave them in the bottom of a container and li- and then because you've got small ones there as well, and they're going to come up with little leaves. No, save your big, your new ones and um, and plant them when the soil's cool, November time, mm. and they'll be they'll they'll be quite happy so long as they're. Um, they they kept it's amazing these bulbs don't tend to dry out too much it it really is and i always like to put things in cardboard boxes or plus or paper bags and and just keep and then of course just keep an eye on them you know name them you know or just put the color on the bag so you know what you what you've got and they're ready for they're ready for next year whether I personally, I don't think you'll get as good a quality. If you bought them this year, last year to put in and they've flowered, because you let them flower, and uh, I don't think you'll get the the display that uh, you would have done, you Mm. know, if you did. But that's what we're growing them for the flower, not to produce a bulb. The commercial people are growing them to produce a bulb. And um, Narcissus, would you leave them in the ground or would you take them out as well? It depends what varieties they are, Rod. Okay. Some peop- some Narcissus must be taken out. And personally, I think all the um, doubles, I think they're much better taken out and then replanted August time. I think they do a lot better. I've seen many of them bend and break with mm. all that weight on if they're left in the ground. But what you'll notice is the catalogs and things like that will tell you if a variety is good for naturalizing or whether it must be, you know, it's just for shows or whatever. If you want to leave something in the ground, go for the naturalizing varieties. And if you want a mixture, go for the naturalizing mixture because Mm. they are put together very carefully. It isn't just a few light yellow thrown in and a, the dark yellow thrown in and a few others, it is worked out very, very carefully to give that um, lovely display. Right, we've got uh, Dorothy Dan with us, uh, Shirley. Uh, we've got Bob Truscott and uh, Jan Bingley's with us as well. And Margaret Dean has uh, joined us as well. Hello, nice to have you with us. Uh, loving your garden life. Uh, do you know, I nearly went to say went on to say a radio station then, but that was <laughs> force of habit. Boom, boom. came into my brain and then <laughs> no it's not the radio um can i just mention one that i'm growing again this year which i absolutely love go on and that's the trailing begonias i you know when i've got a um a cattle trough the, yeah. the one of the troughs that water you know when they used to put the nose yeah, yeah. in and the water yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah i've got one of those and i've put a uh, begonia, a trailing begonia in there, and I'm so looking forward to it because I think they they're fabulous things. So well, Richard chucks heavily into the, into that sort of stuff. He's got several, I think. Um, yeah, cattle feeders and things. Yeah, yeah. Well, they make great they make great containers as well. Yeah, that's, that's the do. wonderful thing about they them. Do. Um, okay, so should we talk about dahlias? Because um, they, yep. mine are in now. So um, I've, I've just put my tubers in yeah. as well, Rod. Yes, yeah. I, I planted them last week. I got them out of the bucket underneath yeah. the, the bench, and they were fine. So they've gone in. Um, creme de cassis, and the, which is a beauty. Oh, it's, it's worth mentioning pl- uh, plant supports, isn't it, for ready for the summer, the tall summer uh, flowers? Absolutely, because... One of the worst things is to leave them 
and then they fall over and say, oh, I better prop them up. They're much better if you get those, that any supports you've got in early so that they come up and you give them, give them the support before. And, you know, when, when you show him things like delphiniums off, you know, each one, if you go to somewhere like Anglesey Abbey in Cambridgeshire, you know, everyone's supported. They look absolutely magnificent. Yeah, but just with your herbaceous perennials and anything like that, and some and some bedding as well, it's, it's worth giving them some support. And a great way of supporting sedum, sedum can be a devil for falling over at the end of the year, you know, when it gets those big the, the flowers on there, mm. is to, while it's growing, just put a, a wire hanging basket over and let the sedum grow through the hanging basket. And, of course, you know, the ones with the reasonable size gaps in between. And um, they, they do a wonderful job of uh, supporting sedum. So everybody's got their own way. There might be canes with just um, string round. Or I've got one or two of the, you know, the wire ones, which into yeah. interlock. Into and um, yeah, get them in early. You'll know which plants are liable to fall over, so get them in. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the bedding nowadays. You go to natural national trust places, and there's now lots of lots of shorter varieties. Years ago, plants like those and um, um, herbaceous perennials, then they all needed staking. Well, nowadays with with through good breeding. We've got ones that just actually stand up themselves, which is um, which is great. Right. Um, should we go to a couple of questions? Because I know yes, we've got we Brian can do. Yes. On and we've got uh, Jeanette White on. Who both asked a question. Uh, so let, I'm going to show you a photograph, actually, which right. works. So now this is from Jeanette White, and she says, uh, "This is Gora, Rosy Jane. Okay, to, is it okay to leave it in the pot?" I bought it last year when it had finished flowering. It's against a sunny wall for most of the day. Oh yes, I mean she can. Yes, you can grow it in the pot. What I suggest you do is use a complete food, something like phostrogen. Again, you can use Miracle as grow as well. But, but um, like I say, you'll get a lot of growth with Miracle. It's got more nitrogen in than phostrogen has. Yeah. So is it is it okay to leave it in the pot? I think was the question. I think you'll be everything in there looks healthy. And like yeah. I say, use a complete food, one with nitrogen, phosphate, potash, and all the trace elements that plants love. And you can keep it going for a long, long time. But yeah. I would, I'd pick phostrogen. Okay, that's uh, that's Jeanette's question. Sorry, I was looking on at to, the wrong one. <laughs> yeah, um, Brian Denton says, any suggestions for something to plant in front of a hedge? That's a roadside hedge for summer colour. Uh, it's about forty feet in length. Um, yeah. I've seen uh, Aubrisia. Uh, for earlier on, which is stunning, but um, I want to show for the summer uh, geraniums. Well, yes, I mean geranium, um, something like geranium, something small, not too doesn't get too tall. Mm. Something like uh, geranium sanguinium, something like that. Um, I think you'd probably be obviously it's until it gets established, you're going to have to keep watering and give it a bit of a feed. Depends how how much room you've got between the road and the fence and um, the hedge of course because it's going to be in competition straight away with the hedge so um but yes if you want color 
uh, bedding type color, then you can use something like that. And the geraniums do tend to flower, a lot of them, right the way through the summer. And sanguinium does as well. I've got one in the garden flowering at the moment. Lily of the Valley would look lovely all the way down there. But obviously, it's only going to flower at a certain time mm. of year. It's in flower coming up now isn't it um um i think yeah so um yeah you could use something like that or something that else that likes very dry soil is pachysandra terminalis which really really does but again it's great for a shady spot so mm. if it was shady in front of there you could use that and there's a variegated one which would give you a bit of extra colour. The other, only other thing you've mentioned containers, Rod, but yeah. a lot of bedding is grown in baskets now. You know, bacopa, trailing petunias. Um, I like petunias are very, very vigorous, and they so be careful if you're doing a mixed basket. Personally, I like to see petunias and saffinias and things like that on their own, in a basket on their own. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you can have a different basket with, you know, the trailing fuchsias, tra I believe geraniums, bacopa, brachycomb. There's so many. You go to a garden centre and now there's so many different plants. And you remember, they're all they're all sold as, bed, uh, you know, annual bedding, but I've seen them thrown behind a hook for um, winter um, they get that little bit of protection, and then you get the basket out in spring, and they're all starting to grow. So you can overwinter if you want to save a little bit of money um, and, and keep them in the glass house on the dry side. And if you keep a lot of plants overwinter, keep them on the dry side, and they will stand a lot of cool. All my pelagoniums have been in a glass house. Um, okay, I'm eight miles from the sea, um, and it doesn't get as cold as right inland. Um, but I've had a church candle on five nights over this winter, and it's kept my pelagoniums in pristine condition, but I keep them dry almost to the stage where some of the stems are starting to sh sh shrivel, shrink. Yeah. But it is incredible how they come back, isn't oh, it? You think, yeah. you think well, to yourself, oh, this is, this is gone. It's a goner. But yeah, then I know. Suddenly you but see the little they, leaves come out. Yeah, the Mediterranean plants, and they can cope with very dry, hot weather. And, um, yeah, wonderful, absolutely wonderful when they're grown. But do look, folks, at Fibrex and places like that because yeah. – I still would rather have the uh, fancy-leaved ones, Rod. I'm fingers crossed that they're going to come out and they're going to look uh, glorious. Can't wait for them. Yeah. Right, John. Yeah, okay. it's always a pleasure. I almost forgot to say uh, <laughs> thank you to our sponsors, Fitzgerald Lane Decorators. Yeah. For a free quote, any advice on any project, just go to their Facebook group, uh, Fitzgerald Lane Decorators. Um, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe and tell your gardening friends about us and join us live next Tuesday on our Loving Your Garden Facebook group at 6pm UK time. Better still, become a group member. Be inspired by our friendly and knowledgeable group. Until next time. Bye. Bye.